Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are he and him. And collectively our pronouns are melting and molten. It's, they're actually, it's he and stroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's episode two of Heat Madness. It's going to be, this is going to be a long summer of podcasting if it keeps too going. Too hot. It's too hot. The verdict is in. I think we've done enough heat madness episodes now that someone could like, do a compilation of, like, you know, just just our absolute most dog shit bits. You could like pull out a trend line and see the exact point through each episode of our brains like collectively melt. That'd be quite yeah. good. Yeah. Tracking yeah. climate I mean, change through a fucking stupid podcast. If you're if you're listening, by the way, and you're like, oh wow, you should really make that compilation. It's like, well, how about you do it? Unless you're a Patreon yeah, you subscriber, do and then you still should do it. Yeah, yeah you, then you'll have more stuff to do it with, probably. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Start wiki. Use your imagination. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Some, <laughs> pod project. Yeah, th- this thing is never going anywhere until, unless somebody <laughs> starts the Praxis Cast wiki. <laughs> Please, Rob, he had a family. Can we wiki-hee. start the wiki so we can just like start emailing people and saying we want five pound a month from them, apart from for the Patreon, just for for <laughs> maintaining the wiki. Oh, it's too hot. Um, Rob, go. <laughs> Do you want? Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't. <laughs> if you just want to sit there, Rob, and help, for a bit. please. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, by David's Bolton. Um, very briefly, because it's very overdone, uh, essentially, and everybody spent too much time talking about it, but. Uh, Boris is gone now, apparently. Uh, not to prison or anything. He will still get to just spend, you know, his time on the speaker circuit and writing columns and, you know, being with his current and wife. Being and prime minister again. Presumably being <laughs> prime minister one day again. I, I don't know about that one. I think that might be a bit bridge too too far. But, like, yeah, he's definitely... Uh, no, I don't know. Like, Polly Toynbee's writing very confident articles about how he'll never be back, so... Yeah, sorry. that's true. No, I mean, I'm I'm sure he'll be back. I just don't know if he'll be 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 PM again. Like, I think if he wants a safe seat, he could probably just like muscle his way in because he's Boris. But yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And this was, of course, after Dread Partygate uh, committee findings were about to be unleashed upon the world. You know that thing that everybody's Ooh. really excited about that has so much impact on you know everybody's genuine daily life, basically. Um, although what I did find incredibly funny is like. His weird honours list was basically like waved through, ap- apart from Nadine Dorries who got blocked, which is just incredibly funny. She immediately, of course, took to the page of the Daily Mail saying, I've been blocked from being in the House of Lords by uh, a couple of posh boys. And, like, well, you were also nominated by a posh boy. And it's just really funny to see someone who was like clearly excess baggage to everybody just get like hosed immediately. It's very, very funny. Yeah, and a Subri 2.0. Everyone's just sick of her shit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Tom Watson get blocked in a similar way as well? And that was really funny. I can't remember that. I hope he did. Uh, you know, maybe. <laughs> when is he going to get his I'm almost certain services that... to fitness? Because he was going to be a fitness instructor. I was told this. Uh, Tom, yep, yep. Okay, uh, more than three years ago, Tom Watson peerage rejected by Lord's Vetting Commission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much of a wronging for the lords. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like sorry, we. It's like the No Homers Club, but they already have Alan Sugar in there. 
Oh, so get this. Um, former Deputy Leader Tom Watson, former Speaker John Burko, and ex-Labour official Carrie Murphy were all put forward by Jeremy Corbyn and all three were blocked. Uh, interesting. That's a, uh, that's a pretty good fuck you to Tom Watson, that though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. I don't know how the fucking... Um... What's it called? News agents podcast managed to spin this shit out for an hour. Like, I feel like we've said all oh, the things yeah, we've said right. about fucking Boris Johnson. Because they're the most boring fucking people on earth, that's how. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking tank of koi carp just gawping at everything. If you think they're bad, imagine how long that fucking, like, you don't drink frothy coffee on the mean streets of Detroit fucking podcast got on with Jesus. it. Jesus. But they're oh, still the, on now. Um... Yeah, that's <laughs> what's that called? It's that's the that, that used to be the Romaniacs, and now it's called Oh God, what's going on now, or some shit like that, isn't it? I have no Fuck fucking off. idea. I identify. Oh God, it. who stole my wallet? Yeah, I identify <laughs> it just by searching for like twat laughing on fucking Google. <laughs> now, one of them was back with another scorching hot take that you were apparently you shouldn't be allowed to. Put an air conditioning unit on unless it reaches thirty degrees, and otherwise you should just like oh, wear that's... more responsible clothing. Oh, so that's where that cursed discourse came yes, from. More responsible yeah, clothing. Awesome. What the fuck is more responsible? Or like clothing? more, you know, like lighter garments or something. Like you should just. Yeah, David, just be don't be afraid to show some skin. Gown. Yeah, I will do no such thing. Yeah, but as someone, as someone who's sitting here fucking sweltering all the time, I want to say air conditioners are a fucking uh, a bourgeois luxury. Quite frankly, agreed. In the revolution, in the revolution, I will escort you to the wall and then take your air, air conditioner. Yeah, yeah. no, I because, because then we'll have like good energy that's fully renewable yeah. and all nuclear. Um, yeah, yeah, and then, then it's allowed. Fine. Yeah, yeah, then yeah, it's no, fine. Totally. Me and me <clears> even <throat> had this discussion earlier, and it's like politics of envy. No, politics of spite. Yes. Yes. So, sure. One hundred percent. Exactly. Like we don't want the Labour government. We want to, fucking I'm going to train hawkers to kill your air conditioner. <laughs> I mean, honestly, humidity, they will be able to actually reach us. Yeah. Oh, honestly, Jamie, if a, if an orca could get in here to handle my air conditioning, then my problem might already be solved. Frankly, so you know, <laughs> win win. Yeah. If there is a horrible background noise, that is James's aircon. It's not my fan because I turned that off to suffer for you, the listener. Yeah. yeah, the other horrible yeah, background man. noise is my uh, orca sonar because I just I need to be on the lookout <laughs> at all times. Yeah, <laughs> mine's probably the fridge because I'm using the fucking headset mic because the the fucking expensive sound interface thing shit the bed again. For fuck's yeah, sake! So, <laughs> so don't mind. Work was working this morning, but I could smell a podcast coming and just like fucking. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Walked into the ocean. And so Jamie's taking advantage of a situation to record from inside the fridge. So enjoy. Yeah, what other, so briefly returning to uh, uh, the thing. Don't and tempt we'll, me, to be honest, like, you know what I mean? All those public <laughs> information films where kids get trapped inside fridges for playing in the junkyard, and I'm just like, I wish that was me. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you read Protect and Survive, actually, though, it's, it's very sensible to be in the fridge. I learned that from a film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how many info, like, uh, uh, responsible living infomercials are there about not playing in a fridge where the door could close on Two. Them? In, yeah, more than in Britain, think. probably a lot. Is yeah. one of them Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? Because I've seen that. Nah, that's more. And that made it look like a good idea. Nah, that's more an infomercial on the importance of sticking the landing. So, mm. I mean, I can remember. Mom, I can remember Mom. one about how if you've got a, like a grain pit, you should put a fucking cover on it so kids don't play in it. 
Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like a yeah. fucking, do you know what I mean? That's hardly a universal fucking condition, is it? No, but it's like the, the reason they put that out is because surprisingly a lot of kids in the countryside all die in grain pits. The catch, though, the catch is they're all family members Luring of them the in. farmers. Surely it would have been easier to just ring all the farmers and tell them. Well, no, but the, <laughs> Instead the point of just is, like, alerting was... kids to the fucking incredible playtime opportunities of the nah, local grain silo. <laughs> no, nah, the, the, the thing is, it was all it was all farm labour is the thing, but they couldn't say that, so it's always like, oh, the kid was just playing in the, the the silo, and it's like, no, your kid was working in the silo and went under. But like, the grain uh, pit has know, a so... cover. Like, it's not you know, it's not something that like Mario can jump in or something. I don't right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. big is the grain? Well, no, they fine. only have the they only have the cover because like fucking. Donald Pleasance told everyone to get one in the 80s. <laughs> the system works. All of life's problems can be solved by just appointing some guy in rags to stand by a swamp. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. <laughs> what is he, the spirit of dark and lonely water or some shit? That's yeah. Metal. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Sensible children, I have no power over them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. Uh, do, you uh, think, back... do you think he get caught up on U tree? Surely, if you, if you, like, like, you know what I mean, I can remember fucking Jimmy Savile doing public information films, so U tree probably had a lot on the plate. <laughs> Actually, wasn't Gary Glitter the fucking like involved with the Green Cross Code at some point? He was. He was. Oh. <laughs> Gary Sinise on CSI PIF is going to have his work cut out for him, I think. <laughs> Rob, I'm begging you to drag us back to I'm the tra- episode. I'm trying, but every time I try, like it's just. <laughs> I see. It's heat madness. I'm telling you. I see yeah. Jamie's like dorsal fin, like cutting through the waters towards me, and I'm just like. Too scared, <laughs> like... I am. I am gonna have your fucking rudder with chips, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Monetize this motherfucker. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> at my own peril, I'm gonna briefly try to drag us back on point uh, with um, Labour genuinely in a sort of astonishing turn after like a week in which the Tories once again like can't stop shitting the bed looked around and said now is the time to tell everybody to go fuck themselves even more than we have before um imagine imagine being in the focus group that has to tell Keir Starmer exactly what percentage of the bed should be shitted (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you reckon do you reckon they'd go into that uh that focus group with like a bunch of different pictures of Varying degrees of beshitted beds, and then everyone just saying whether they would be satisfied get, with that or not. And then get sued by Tracy Emin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, all you have to do to do is just like do like a sheet inspection of the beds in Wokington, and that will tell you exactly how how much shit in the bed there needs to be. <laughs> the working class love to roll around in their own filth, but not too much. <laughs> Well, exactly, because what what you're not getting is um, is any money for you know anything, despite this being episode two of Heat Madness, and it's you know I don't not want even any money halfway due. I hate money. The real story in that is that the wallet inspectors had to turn to gig economy work just to make ends meet. 
yeah, so this is from the Financial Times. Uh, Rachel Reeves said, while Labour is still committed to its green prosperity plan, it would only gradually ramp up borrowing to 28 billion a year and that the target would be achieved in the second half of the first parliament if the party wins the next general election. So, you know, it's nice whatever. to just append, it's a nice thought to a policy. Well, it gets How even better. Until... I was just like right before the episode, I was I was reading a little bit more about it, and apparently she's now also said that like literally any and all capital spending that like the Starmer government would want to do, all of it has to come out of this twenty eight billion. So now apparently the Green Prosperity Plan will also build schools and hospitals and recruit nurses or something. I guess so. You know, not only is it not enough money in the first place, but it's getting diluted to literally everything because nobody else is allowed to spend money. How long until the Labour Party? like really do copy from america and just say nothing will fundamentally change that's what i want to know because i mean they've pretty I mean, much already announced this but yeah like i mean yeah but how long till they actually just come out and say it like you know fuck you nothing will fundamentally change you know i mean i, I, I don't star not demented I mean, enough because that was biden speaking like behind closed doors Clinton, yeah but, that, but like the subtext of literally everything they put out is that we can't do all the things that people might want, which is basically saying things will stay the same. Yeah, well, we can I do mean, all the, the things the, that people don't want, though. Yeah, the, the text of it was, is that they're going to do what the Tories did in 2019. The, this is because of the fiscal rules that uh, uh, Rachel Reeves has put in, in her own head, basically, uh, which is that <laughs> debt must be falling as a percentage of GDP over the five years of the government. And we can't do as much nice things as we want because of the Tories, because they crashed the economy. Someone uh, should take her along for an informative visit to a historic canal, to be honest. Like. <laughs> if this is where the rule has brought them, then of what use was the rule, you know? like The rule was there the to point? make number happy. Yeah. yeah, you're not supposed to ask what reason is a rule, therefore it's the rule, and therefore is immutable. <laughs> uh, this is Reeves again in the Financial Times. I did not foresee what the Tories would do to the economy. Maybe that was foolish of me, she said. To make sure that there is time to build the supply chains we need, skill our workforce, and ensure the taxpayer gets value for money, the right way to deliver our green prosperity plan is to ramp up investment over time. So all we need to do before we can have some nice things and some green things is build supply chains, create a skilled workforce, and do value for money, whatever the fuck that is. So, you know, that'll be done in, I, I would estimate, oh, a year or two. fuck's sake. Alistair, be sure to hold on to your lucky coin. Because it's just an ordinary quarter, but it's also your lucky coin. I've got coin. Holy shit. I mean, this is, of course, following a series of briefings from... I think Peter Mandelson definitely did it in the Times, and then Ed Balls. Why the f who the fuck rehabilitated Ed Balls? By the way, just as a side note, why the fuck is he allowed back on Strictly television? Strictly come dancing. Oh, yeah. oh, was yeah. that it? He, oh, motherfuck that! Yeah. He did a tweet, and then he was on the telly, and and that's enough. Oh, right, oh, and then they it? also did uh, Anne Whittacombe as well on Strictly Come Dancing, if memory serves. So yeah, like fuck Absolute. that noise. Yeah, Cut. just you know, it's 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 a show she never of tweet, ghouls and demons. I'm pretty sure, isn't he? married to Yvette Cooper as well so yes yes so like is. yeah like I've got he's you know he may not be an MP but by god he's uh still involved in all this shit yeah but mm -hmm. at least they don't eat as much tofu uh. oh fuck off <laughs> the grown-ups are back in charge yeah definitely I mean it, it's it's gonna get like worse though because like uh this is some 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 unnamed shadow uh minister in the shadow cabinet um 
again, speaking to the Financial Times off the record, voters care more about jobs than that green stuff. It was always a mistake to call it the Green Prosperity Plan, they said, adding that other infrastructure projects could be included in the scheme, such as rail or housing. A bunch of us they are now saying... They won't have any jobs if their jobs catch fire. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm starting to but come around to be, this climate change thing now. They should have they should have mm. called like it the machine guns for Dover campaign or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's probably yeah, the only way. Yeah, it's just an Yeah, completely impenetrable. We're going to do reverse Dunkirk. We are <laughs> formally proposing the any old racist shit you want. Please vote for us. Act. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't read the substance of the act. So yeah, I mean, so apart from the fact that it like not only will it not be of the size which was already inadequate to begin with, um, it will probably be more like half it or something. It will also include like a bunch of shit that is not green because like this is the only way they're gonna ever gonna get to do any capital spending under you know responsible steward Rachel Reeves. Um, and then you know, of course, they capped it all off. This was Pat McFadden, who, by the way, he looks real good for like a five-year hundred old crypt, crypt keeper of a guy. Like Jesus Christ, fucking hell! <laughs> like, um, but yeah, he was also. So, saying, how many like, Kissingers would you rate him? <laughs> I think he's, I think he's definitely like a one point five on the Kissinger scale. Like you know, oh, it's uh, on a scale of one. For anyone who's wondering at home, like, or on the pod, like you, Alistair, 1.5 Kissingers means you're 1.5 times more likely to go before Kissinger. Don't ask <laughs> when Kissinger's going to go. Uh, <laughs> no, like, I mean, one Kissinger is just like one... It, let's see, what would, what would the scale be? Like, one Kissinger uh, is Kissinger, like... Kissinger, I assume. No, one Kissinger is like torpedoing the peace talks of Vietnam, and five Kissingers is like, you know, indiscriminate bombing and slaughter in Laos. So, you know, he's about a 1.5, I would say. Surely these should be micro Kissingers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was on thirty think, micro. He was micro on. I think uh, not great, not terrible. Sky News earlier this week saying, "Look, it's very important that you understand that yes, this is not enough money, but the point is not that we that the government will actually do things. It's literally like the government's role of and um, with this money will be to like buy off the risk that makes the private sector a bit." nervous and then you know <sighs> once the government buys off all the risk the private sector can come in and you know not do anything has the private oh. sector considered getting a real job uh no not that i fucking care because fuck that guy but you know it's incredibly funny to see ed miliband just like get absolutely hosed and then still go out there and be like no 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 tinkerbell is absolutely real you have to keep clapping and one day you'll get a nice treat <laughs> yeah. from me they're clapping and doing donuts on the Thames. Yeah. <laughs> She's in your hands. <laughs> Surely if she's in your hands and clapping is the last thing you want to do, but all right. That's not do the rules. <laughs> anyway, so uh, having talked about all the, you know, hypothetical nonsense of governments that governments and governments to be that are just only engaged in just garbage and politics and symbols where nothing means anything um in honor of heat madness i thought we should spend the rest uh, of today's episode uh talking about some ongoing finance shenanigans in the incredibly real world where obviously you know people are getting fucked and nothing's being done about it um so you know i That's thought we should honestly fine with me fine with me go on 
I thought we should spend some time. Glad to be free of other fucking topics. <laughs> I love it when you're such a bright and positive mood, David. Um, oh. He's just like Nick- Nicholas Sturgeon's been arrested and then released without charge. Shut the fuck up! Be all right. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to start the Scott Ball. Don't make me start a fight. It's time to move the fuck on on the Muppet Show tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, from Intermission. I hope you got yourself a snack while that was going on. Um... So what happened to Nicola Sturgeon? <laughs> Do not. <laughs> no, we are not. That is a bad and boring story, and we will not be talking about it. Um, and no, for tonight's main topic, like I said, I wanted to talk about something that is actually going on in the real economy, and I wanted to talk about uh, the supermarket chain Asda, uh, because it is full of shenanigans. All right. And I thought it should tell you a little bit about it. Um, the reason why, essentially, so, is... Sorry? Isn't it owned by Walmart? No, it's not. Uh, it was sold um, oh, it was. in 2019, but it was, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, it was sold in 2019, but we'll get there because that's part of the, the, the story. So basically, the reason I want to talk about it, because a couple of weeks ago, uh, they announced they were going to uh, cut pay for 7,000 workers um, in their stores near London. Um, this was basically, they'd all gotten like a 60p an hour top up. Uh, for workers at 39 different stores just outside the M25 that was, um, you know, basically because people's wages were rising because of the labor market being quite tight. And also, uh, I think it was still a a COVID thing. Um, So, but that top up is now uh, basically gone. And according to GMB, this is also basically like a fire rehire. Um, You're going to get a new contract. And if you don't agree to to sign it for like the lower hourly wage, uh, then they'll fire you anyway. So it's basically a fire rehire, that thing that still is, isn't is illegal. Uh, so this, by the way, this uh, this this six, this um, this cut, this income cut, um, is according to the owners of Asa Supermarkets, uh, the billionaire uh, Issa Brothers, uh, as well as the private equity firm TDR Capital, they both earn 50% uh, of ASDA. Um, and it was part of a cost-saving measures uh, to be able to uh, afford the debt payments on the £7 billion they borrowed in 2020 to buy the chain itself. So you, as a supermarket worker, have to get a wage cut in order to pay for um, you know, a transfer and ownership that you weren't asking for. So I hope you're feeling you know, grateful, basically. Mm. Do they own 50%? Together or fifty percent each. Uh, the brothers own together own fifty percent, um, and right. then the private equity firm TDR owns the other fifty percent. All right. Um, now this is not the only cost cutting measure that as the workers have basically taken in in the neck in the in the last year. Uh, last year they cut uh, the one one fifty one pound one pound fifty an hour premium for delivery drivers. Uh, which was, you know, initially introduced because they need a lot of drivers and nobody wanted to do it because, you know, finally we had some wage growth. So that's cut a as whole well. one pound fifty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and also, uh, at the same time, due to an error in payroll by the uh, outsourced payroll firm, 
um, as the staff were routinely shorted on their salary in general between 100 and 500 pounds a month, uh, leading to many of their lowest paid workers uh, to rely on food banks and credit cards to make ends meet rather than actually being paid the real wages that they had earned with their actual labor. Um, yeah, I think if that happens to you, you, I think you're legally entitled to kill your manager. <laughs> um, we'll check that. Cool. Legal conclusion. So in uh, and in and apart from that, in January, the company also announced that and a further four thousand three hundred staff would lose about two pound fifty an hour in their night shift premiums, as well as laying off three hundred more people. So. Even if you were like working the night shift and doing the like the night stalking because you have that weird thing where supermarkets need to be open twenty four seven, like yeah, you weren't getting more paid more during the day shift to essentially turn yourself into a vampire for Asda. Um, however, and if I can believe the delightful Grocery Gazette, which I've been reading for the last few days to prep for this, um, they are currently with you know a very small premium paying the highest wages an hour, £11.11, uh, 11, uh, in comparison to Ooh, all the other wow. major supermarkets. £11.11, of course, not being £15 an hour, which, you know, I think is the the living... Is that the living wage? I can never work out what that... That was that was pre-all the inflation. It should honestly be about 16 an hour right now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so like, if you're going to work in a supermarket and have to deal with the public, you should be on at least 30 quid. Yeah. Yeah. And also, and also you know, legally allowed to carry a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Only carry what restraint. <laughs> now it's a seniority thing. In your first in your first year, you're only legally allowed to shoot one customer a year. But like with every second year, you every other year, you get like one additional customer that you're allowed to gun down. Mm, yeah, yeah, they do it by rationing bullets. So first year you get one bullet, second year yes. so on and so forth. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but this—I mean, I say eleven, eleven an hour. So that—that uh, that is the most. But this is only after uh, the USDAW and GMB went after them uh, for doing well below inflation pay rises in February. So they wanted to screw people over more. The unions kicked up a fuss, and you know, like it's still not great, but it's way more than they were originally prepared to pay out. Another reason to mm. join a union, even though GMB is a bad and scab union. But you know, it's uh, yep. so. All these things, like this, there's a clear like f desire to drive down wages and to force workers to accept lower conditions in order to do cost savings. Um, and so today, I want to talk about the Issa brothers, um, their uh, as well as the company, the EG Group, which they also own, uh, also own 50% with uh, TDR Capital. Uh, what happened when they bought the supermarket change, and why this means that now workers need to basically take it in the neck. Uh, to pay for all this delightful financial engineering that went on to do this. Um, however, I do want to stress, like, this is not, like, a monofactual story. Like, while, obviously, the amount of debt that's been loaded on, like, this supermarket chain is structural and important, uh, it, this is not, like, the sole reason, like, your... Um, uh, your grocery bills are going up or anything. The real reason behind that is energy, energy prices factoring through into the price of food as well as, uh, you know, the continued price war between UK supermarkets, supply chain fuckery. So, like, this is not a monocausal story about, like, why the price of food is going up or, like, why as the workers are getting screwed, but it is an important part of it. So I want to, you know, just to put a little bit of a frame For more information on any of those topics, look for any other fucking episode where Rob did the notes and they were more than eight pages long. 
<laughs> I haven't done one about energy prices in a long while. I'm quite proud of myself, actually. Um, Us too. Keep it up. You can do it. You can kick the habit, Rob. Don't worry. I just want one. Hello, I, go I am Rob, and I am a... <laughs> just, like, send him along to Researchers Anonymous. Hello, I am Rob, and I have a problem with research. <laughs> um, yeah, so For the next like hour a... and a half, I will tell you all about it. <laughs> right. So, uh, and, and as well, like, uh, shout-outs to Grocery Gazette, which was delightful and informative, um, as well as Robert Smith and Kay Wiggins over at the FT, who did a lot of, like, digging into this that I am, you know, merely slavishly um, retelling. But with some added research. I'm also glad that you're reading something that's not conservative women. Grocery <laughs> Gazette like, is a big step up. I don't tend to get main topics out of the uh, conservative woman. I mean, I can. Also. No. Uh, anyway, so let's get started. If I didn't. Yeah. All right. So basically, uh, the cast of characters, very briefly. Uh, the, when I say the Issa brothers, I mean Mosin and Zuba Issa. Um, they are self-made. It is quite impressive in a way what they've done. Uh, they are both 50% owners of Asda, like I said, and also 50% owners of EG Group. That's where they started. Uh, they're important for, for the rest of the story. Um, EG Group is basically one of the largest um, petrol pump, petrol station businesses in the world. Uh, they own uh, like the real estate in the actual petrol stations um, in the UK, in the EU, in the US. They own huge amounts of them like thousands i think it's like almost six thousand um petrol stations belong to to these two brothers um through <laughs> eg group um here's my other... dumbass thinking that like esso actually owned those fucking things no 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 it's all subcon subcontracted out don't worry about it god um, damn it <laughs> So uh, the other uh, uh, main cast of characters is not so much in uh, uh, people, but it's a you know it's a thing to keep in mind. It's the aforementioned uh, TDR Capital. This is a multi-billion private equity firm working out of London. Uh, apart from their investments in um, uh, in Asda, uh, they are also they also used to own big chunks of Pizza Express, uh, but are currently also invested in David Lloyd Gyms and are the owner operators of the chain that runs Buffalo Grill. Uh, as well as a delightful Norwegian ferry company that does Antarctic cruises. Oh. So, hmm. if you've either ever been to a Buffalo Grill or been to a Norwegian uh, uh, ferry Antarctic cruise, there's a very good chance that you have paid some of your money uh, to TDR Capital. Um, Conversely, so also, if you've ever bought petrol. Yes. I'd have probably led um, with that, but... Yeah. Well. <laughs> we live in a society. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I know our audience well enough to say that it's more likely they have been on Antarctic cruises. Uh, uh, between them, so the, these are incredibly intertwined entities, the uh, Issa Brothers and TDR Capital. Uh, be between them, not only do they 50-50 own uh, Asda, but they also 50-50 own the EG Group, the petrol stations as well. Um, these are of course not owned outright by these by these two entities by the Issa brothers and tdr but they are multi-billion debt fuel investments that are run through several layers of luxembourg and Jer jersey-based uh, holding companies that's of course yeah. help you reduce tax burdens and such like um as that isn't owned directly by either the Issa brothers or by tdr it is owned directly by a company based out of jersey called bellis topco uh, of which the ISAs own 50% and TDR through yet more subsidiaries 
own uh, the other 50%. Uh, EG Group, same story. Also, I mean, anyone with... anyone who ever does anything even remotely connected to a shell company should be given a holiday to France. I, th I think it would be a reasonable start to do some improvements in our economy. Yeah, one hundred percent. So basically, these two things are important to keep in mind: the Issa Brothers, TDR Capital, and the two companies, EG Group, the petrol stations, and Asda, obviously the supermarket, uh, because they are going to engage in some uh, wildly interesting uh, debt swaps. Uh, that will eventually end up with Asda being much more screwed than it already is. Um, first, a little bit, a little bit of history and context. Uh, like I said, the Issa brothers are quite impressive in a way. They are self-made men. They've turned uh, what was, I think, a family-run business of like a single Manchester petrol station into a massive empire. That's EG Group. Uh, like I said, they own right, about cool. five. How many employees did they have? Many workers were they underpaying to do that? I don't know, but many. Like they, they I mean, they them. have many now. Um, so yeah. EG Group owns, like I said, about five thousand nine hundred petrol stations and has a revenue of twenty-five billion uh, a year. So it's a huge fuck-off group. Uh, how did they turn one into five thousand nine hundred? Basically, um, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of debt. Um, this is according to the Financial Times. So in two thousand nineteen already. So before they bought ASDA. They were already the fourth biggest borrower in the EU um, market for collateralized loan obligations. And if you're a loyal listener, you might remember uh, we did an episode a long time ago about collateralized loan obligations. This is the same thing that like brought down the American housing market. That was the collateralized debt obligation, if you remember. That was, you know, basically you take a whole bunch of corporate debt, you put it into one big pile, then you slice that into tranches and you resell those tranches onward um so yeah. EG you do group, some carol voderman shit except like with a suit and a tie yes a yes uh it's it's also highly probable like i like we speculated uh in the i think that's the episode called orconomics 101 brackets remedial uh i can't remember the episode number but that's the one you want to be looking for the full story of that one um and those those types of loans and the the loans taken out um, and the, the funding acquired by EG Group uh, exploded in the zero interest rate environment of the last few years. Uh, everybody, including like you know, including like pension funds, was looking for a way to earn money that was more than the zero you were getting for sticking it in the bank. So a lot of them, you know, while the money was free, said, "Why not take a risk and we'll buy some debt uh, on this sort of expanding petrol petrol forecourt uh, business." Hello, yes, I am a uh, petrol station magnate, and I'm here for the free money, please. I, in a way, yes, but because like what they what they did, like uh, what they did with the debt, apart from obviously buy more petrol stations, is um, they expanded them uh, to move like beyond just like selling fuel and like a Snickers at the counter. So they added like um, KFCs and and Popeyes and other businesses to like the forecourts to induce you to stay longer and spend more money. So if you're ever wondering like why like motorway services are more like entertainment palaces slash restaurant services, this is part of that trend. They were one of the first to sort of work this out and make it a real uh, thing. What they should have done was find a way to get you to leave even fucking quicker because then you'll need fuel again sooner. <laughs> oh, is this guy? Is this guy the genius that decided to put weather spoons at a uh, uh, services? Oh fucking hell! No, I think that was another group, but yeah, it's it's but it's all the same. It's all the same trend basically. That, it's a that just sounds like a fucking Weatherspoons idea. 
I don't think that's anything beyond Tim Martin had a fucking thought. <laughs> yeah, Bre- Brexit Tim came up with that one all on his own. So yeah, like in uh, in 2020, um, they uh, partnered up again with TDR Capital because TDR Capital had been uh, co-funding and partnering up with you know with the Isser brothers to fund EG Group to run EG Group, um, and they partnered up with them again for their biggest, most depth fueled expansion and takeover yet, which was to buy the Asda chain of supermarkets from, uh, as you were saying, James, from Walmart. Uh, they did so. Mm. Uh, it was a six. The, the price they paid was six point eight billion pounds for all the supermarkets, the staff, the distribution centers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the idea again, like if you want to, if you're interested in the business case, was quite similar. They would use the Asda brand to put like uh, convenience stores into their um, petrol stations uh, and use that petrol station to supply the the network behind the petrol stations so the tankers and stuff to supply the asda run uh four courts as well where you you know can fuel up what when you're going to the, to the supermarket uh so you know it's all about it's all about the brand synergy but underlaying it is like this massive pile of debt but you know it's not it wasn't such a bad idea at the time because if you remember the you know the days of yore that we call 2020 uh, debt was absurdly cheap because of Corona. Yeah. Pay, pay no, pay no heed to the uh, the enlarging black hole behind behind the curtain. There's uh, we've got we've got uh, all kinds of your favorite favorite treats uh, that you can <laughs> eat alongside guzzling all that petrol. Yeah, but Alistair, what if I said that I knew a a, a wizard with an Excel sheet that could put like a sort of blanket over the black hole, and then if we simply did some swappity-do, then surely there is no black hole and everything will be fine? Oh, the solutions wizard. I think that's built in. Um, so, yeah, like I said, at the time of purchase, debt was really absurdly cheap, so th- borrowing, like, a shit ton of money in order to finance uh, this purchase from Walmart was very, very doable. However, of course, um, you know, it's now 2023, there's a war on, um, the supply chains have gone incredibly fucked, and basically the central banks have decided that, you know, the possibility of you getting a pay rise is too scary to think of, so uh, what they're going to do is raise the interest rates. So now um, what looks like a sort of quasi-sustainable purchase in terms of like the amount of debt and the amount of interest that need to be paid on the debt is no longer quite so sustainable so things needed to so things needed to be done about it so if you if you're curious and maybe you're not but i was i'm going to tell you about it anyway um and the ft did a really (laughs) good uh piece about it um how did the issa brothers and tdr actually buy asda like what were the mechanics so at first, out of these six point seven billion, they farmed pa- like bears to get enough gold coins, and then went to a fucking vendor. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reasonably close, uh, and by which I mean no, not at all. Um, so uh, at Fear first, it l- <laughs> uh, so at first the the the. The story that was put out that everybody thought was true is um, that the brothers and TDR Capital only used about 800 million of their own actual money uh, to buy Asda, leaving 5.8 billion uh, behind, uh, which was which was funded by selling a bunch of other assets that they owned and, like I said, borrowing a very very large amount of, of money. A uh, little side note: they also paid about 165 million pounds to. Uh, the lawyers and the bankers and the advisors to structure this deal in the right way. So, you know, some people got a very nice yacht out of this, and I hope the orcas are paying attention to who that was. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
so this is basically, this is just the standard structure of a leverage buyout. This is a thing that we've seen all the time uh, since the 1980s. You leverage a very small amount of your own money uh, in the corporate world into a big pile of debt. And then you use that sum total to buy the thing uh, you want, in this case, as the supermarkets. And you take all that debt and you put it on the balance sheet of as the supermarkets and says, say, now you have to pay back the money that I borrowed in order to buy you it's a it's a fucked thing, and it still breaks my mind that this is something most legal. efficient distribution of resources, Rob. I think you're forgetting. Yeah, um, you know, and and part of the way that a company like Asda would, of course, be able to repay this, uh, I think, this 3.7 billion in term in terms of new debt uh, is to screw the workers and you know pay them less because then you have more savings that you can pay back on the capital and the interest rate. So uh, at the time of purchase, so in 2020, Asda was uh, earning about 1.2 billion a year. Um, so they were settled with like an amount of debt that was equal to three times the total earnings uh, of the whole supermarket chain. Um, that sounds sustainable. It's very sustainable. It's also a very good good uh, idea. So um, another th trick that they did, which sort of, you know, kind of, it's almost PFI-like in a way, is... Um, is they settled this is apart from the 3.7 like billion straight debt uh they settled another bunch of debt in on the shoulders of asda but it just looks different on the balance sheet it's uh, a sale and lease back the so bet. what they sorry it's it's on the balance sheet as the bet <laughs> <laughs> so now what they debt did bracket good so what the <laughs> so what the uh Issa brothers <laughs> and tdr did together is uh is they sold all of Asda's distribution centers to uh, delightful company uh, Blackstone, uh, the American investment giant, and then immediately um, leased them back. So they sold the asset and the property they actually had, uh, realized a whole bunch of upfront money, but they are now paying you know lease costs to uh, Blackstone over time. But you know you get a lot of money upfront, and that's really good. Uh, you know, just don't. Just, I mean, you just sit like. Sit, imagine you're an alien and you come here and someone explains this to you, and you just sit there. You're just gonna scratch your like two or three heads or whatever. <laughs> just completely fucking bonkers. Like, who? How does this make any sense whatsoever? Except one guy, for some reason, inexplicably, gets very rich. <laughs> so yeah, like, I mean, I said at the beginning um, uh, that TDR and Asda put up uh, about 800 million worth of their own money. Uh, but it turns out that, that they did even more shenanigans that meant that out of the total 6.8 billion purchase price, they only, these two entities only put up 200 million. So 6.6 .6 billion was basically like, like debt generation. How did they do this? You were asking? Well, the extra 600 million that, you know, was way, was conjured out of thin air, um, was, uh, even more debt there generated by the others, by the other company, uh, EG group, they of the petrol stations. Um, and and they went out on the market, borrowed another six hundred million, and then like gave that basically as a loan to the company that owns Asda. So like they used their other company that's already incredibly heavily indebted to take on even more debt. So they personally only had to put up like two hundred million, and the rest is of course all, all in limited liability shell companies. So the whole house comes tumbling down. None of this is like presumably none of neither tdr nor the issa brothers are personally liable for any of this money they would only every lose time, out on every like time you million. explain every time you explain one of these financial schemes 
I just think of that bit in fucking Lethal Weapon 2 where Joe Pesci's explaining how the drug dealers launder their money. Right. If, if Sally has four apples and Sally <laughs> takes three of those apples, Sally now has seven apples. Yeah. 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 Um, so, like... As long as you keep yeah. the apple inspector at bay. Yes. So, what? like I said, so, what, so basically, in summary, what they've done is they've take it out they have these two companies right they have asda and they have the eg group the petrol stations um and both of them are very heavily indebted except that eg group the petrol stations is way more indebted than asda and they've used sort of a to cross finance into b and and now they're going to do the other thing which is they're going to reverse the trick and now they're going to use asda to take some of the debt away from eg group the debt that was forced first created to buy Asda in the first place this is, you know, it, it's like, it, have you ever been on the street and you see like somebody sitting somewhere and they say, watch the ball um, that's under the three cups. It's like that, but with hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. And, you know, again, a supermarket. I have never lived on a, the street from a film in the 80s, so no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither me, but, you know, I hope some of our, uh, some of our, our listeners uh, have or do. Yeah. Are um, you a running man? <laughs> uh, Arnold, come on the pod. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically, unfortunately, due to a set of circumstances, including the war in Ukraine, the fucking of the supply chains, Corona, etc., um, earnings at the petrol stations, e.g., group, are not what they used to be, and they have uh, an incredibly high debt load, and they need to like pay significant significant amounts of it back capital plus interest and the interest rate is rising very steeply uh it's eight percent this year ten percent uh next year twelve percent the year after and then the capital needs to be paid back in 2025 to 2027 so they need to make a lot of money quite quickly to you know not let the gas sta station empire keel over so i mean now they um, sure. have they tried putting themselves on the blockchain <laughs> <laughs> I, I think mean, they might surely, that surely, surely an interest rate of 12%, there's just not going to be any, any ASDA left, right? I mean, no, this is on the petrol stations. No, what they need to do is just say, like, our gas stations are powered by AI, and then, like, they'll just get free money again. Because that's the new trick. Um, <laughs> uh, this podcast <laughs> is powered by, by AI. You can tell because it's not funny. <laughs> so now basically you have these two highly interlinked massively indebted companies uh, eg group and asda both of which are 50 percent joined owned by the same people um and money isn't free anymore um and are they just of... gonna start a third company no they're gonna do uh, uh basically like a little uh uh a, a, a little swappity do um so like in terms of how much debt these two it's individuals... The second time you've said swappity-do, is that a financial term? Yes, that is... Uh, that's Yes, that, uh, that's absolutely... But you won't, you, won't find a, you won't find a ride about it at Disney World, don't worry. <laughs> so, like, yes, Asda is already... <laughs> the big in... short, the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to get in. It's like... <laughs> The, the the right thing is like a, is like a is is a bathtub. You just have to be basically be covered in bubbles while Anthony Bourdain yells at you. R.I.P. Um, anyway, so 
There's a joke in there somewhere. It's it's warm, and I'm trying to. The Big to Short is a good it. film. You should all watch it to appease Rob. Very cool. Moving on. No. Also, the real movie you should be watching is, of course, Margin Call, which is far superior. That's why we did a podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, seriously, Big Short, not that good. Um, so, while well, as is like only in like in terms of like in comparison wise, like as is only in like medium level debt, right? They have like nine billion worth of assets and. I think it's like four, maybe five billion worth of debt. So like it's bad, but it's not that bad. Uh, EG Group, medium of course, is... level yet. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but medium EG level, group... and that was what nine zeros. Yes, yes, <laughs> but you know, in comparison to their assets and what they actually have and what they actually do, it's you know, it's 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 pretty medium uh, in comparison, basically to uh, yeah. Anyone's financial situation looks good when you compare it to the fucking Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair they've got a much better assets to debt ratio than I do so fair enough say if they're good or bad or not yeah <laughs> basically what we need to do is debt finance our own aircraft carrier that'd be amazing we're not falling into another gun project that's not happening uh, <laughs> as there's only like medium level debt uh, but EG Group is indebted to the eyeballs so what if in order to like fix the situation on the short term you just shuffle things around basically um so what you could simply do is um reduce the debt in eg group i.e the petrol stations and again these are owned by the same people through a bunch of shell companies in jersey and luxembourg um mm -hmm. is you can reduce the debt in part one the, the petrol stations and instantly generate a whole bunch of profit for the same group by selling all your uk petrol forecourts to asda for example so you just shift oh the God. assets over from one column to the other oh. so the final merger hasn't been announced yet it is it, it will probably go through because the government has already said yeah we're not intervening in this um so it'll be worth about 2.3 billion in terms of new debt for asda um including uh, almost a billion from more private equity firms uh the interest rate on that at 770 million pounds is 11 percent and could go higher depending on average interest rates by the way so don't worry about that but on the other hand it's also worth 2.3 billion in terms of straight profits that eg can group can use to pay down their previous loans so you know like yeah it might look like you're just you know shifting your debt from one credit card to the other but really you're shifting it from two very different companies you know, with two very different owners, and and nothing else can, uh, can go bad. You know, it's it's as the as the motto of this podcast goes: you got to spend money to make money. Why can't, can you just can you just if you're in a lot of debt, can you just form a shell company and have the shell company buy your debt? If you're a corporation, yes. If you're a person, no. Yeah, yeah, figured. I mean, like, probably not if you own, like, a, like the local corner store or something, but, like, if you own a petrol forecourt empire and you have a whole bunch of, like, expensive lawyers and advisors from, you know, different investment banks, then yes, you can. And it's all quite legal. Come the revolution, all corporations will become legally people. <laughs> so they can be held yeah. liable in their show trials. Corporations are people, my friend. I think we, you know, Mitt Romney already proved that uh, definitively in 2012. Uh, <laughs> Get Ronald McDonald in the dock. <laughs> Mitt well, Romney, the one he... that killed a dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and it wasn't it in some like a fucking National Lampoon summer vacation style antic as well, where he accidentally left the dog on the roof of the car. Not <laughs> driving like 
while, yeah. while like driving up the east coast or something. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Comrade fact check here. The dog wasn't killed, but it was transported on the roof and it sprayed liquid shit everywhere as the car was driving presumably because it was on the roof of a moving vehicle. <laughs> I thought Rome, you were talking about Ronald McDonald killing the dog and I'm like, that doesn't sound familiar to me. No, that was Grimace. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Grimace that gets the gulag. That thing's got animal slaughter in his eyes, as we all know it. Um, who was that? Who was that other American politician whose son killed the dog? The Hamburglar. No, 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 no. That was <laughs> one of his sons, I think, who beat a dog to death with a hammer or something. I'm fairly sure. Jesus, Jesus fucking, fucking Christ. Christ. <laughs> I'm reasonably confident that was. Or his, no, okay, well, his I'm looking forward to fact-checking it to find out whether or not I need to fucking excise that. <laughs> I, think, I think it was someone else, and we should speculate on which Republican politician it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure Rob's right, you know? If we go through all of them, we'll eventually hit the right one, and then we just cut all the rest, right? Right? No. Moving on. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So... Basically, like, they're, they're swabbing this debt from column A to column B to save the uh, petrol forecourt empire, um, you know, from very high interest rates. And they're just loading it on the shoulders of Asda, the supermarket, their latest asset. But don't worry about it. Uh, once again, the Issa brothers and TDR Capital, 50-50 owners in both empires, have promised that they have put skin in the game too. So they have put up what they say or said was, was 400... Mike Huckabee. Oh, Mike Huckabee. <laughs> No, you're yeah, right. Damn it. son like was a fucking hound murderer. Yes, yeah. So much like the last time where they said we'll put an 800 million and it turned out to be 200 because they did some shenanigans. This time the Issa brothers and TDR Capital once again said, "Well, we have skin in the game too. We've put in 450 million of our own money into this, uh, you know, transfer of the UK petrol forecourts to that, Asda." That of our own money is doing some fucking serious heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I should say, of course, and this was um, in, the, in the Financial Times again, it wasn't actually any, you know, of the company's earnings or anything that they put in. What they did is... Um, <laughs> this they, is my someone else's money. <laughs> yes. So what they did is they repeated the same trick. They, they sold um, 27 of Asda's warehouses to the investment giant Blackstone and then leased them back. So again, it's not their own oh. money. It's just asset stripping. I mean, really, at this point, like, just the entire financial system is just a bunch of toddlers, right? Because they're all be just easily distracted by jangling keys. But, I mean, the fi no, the I financial think... system is is incredibly clever. It's just like the people reporting on it, apart from you know, uh, a few people at the Financial Times are very, very, very fucking bad at it. It's also like you know, the, the financial system is working as intended. They're there to strip the copper out of the walls and sell it and grind you into paste, and you know they're succeeding. More well, money I mean, for them, and fuck you. Yeah, so, you know, sort of returning back vaguely to, to, to the real world, like, is any of this, is any of this swappity do, is any of this, like, shifting of assets remotely... That technical term again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's called a term of art, Jamie. Um, is, is any of this a, a, good, a, a good deal for, like, Asda or the people who work there or the people who shop there or, you know, anything to do with the material world, world no, in which for at least food is those groups. produced or is in which food is like produced on a farm and then through several intermediaries ends in your kitchen via the Asda supermarket. Uh, well, obviously, uh, no, uh, because, you know, while the petrol station empire doesn't have as much debt as it did before, uh, Asda is now on the hook for that differential and the interest rates uh, just won't stop 
going up. Um, mm. And so in a few years, ASDA, or even in the shorter term, depends on where interest rates uh, goes, you know, like, we'll, we'll have to see how, how refinancing and the payment of all the interest rate, and keep in mind that's like probably north of 11% or more in, in, in the coming years, depending on what the central banks do. Uh, so, you know, but like I said, don't worry about it too much, because like ASDA, the chain itself still actually owns, outright owns an estimated nearly 10 billion pounds of UK real estate. So the ground, the supermarkets sit on uh, the, you know, not the distribution centers anymore. They've been sold, but you know, other, they have real stuff, actual physical stuff that matters in the real economy. But, you know, you could probably strip a lot of more of that out for parts to, you know, keep all these plates spinning and keep all the interest rates, you know, keep paying the interest rate for the next few years. You know, and in the meantime, of course, the uh, Issa brothers have almost destroyed a neighborhood in their hometown to build a series of giant mansions. Because, you know, uh, according to some some slides seen by the Financial Times, um, TDR Capital has already made uh, since 2020 about 1.2 billion in pure profit on this deal uh, to buy Asda um, on their own investment in their own slides of 234 million. So, you know, they've made a five full profit, 500 percent. That's not bad. Uh, the Issa brothers, by the way, have taken out a similar amount, so probably also in the order of north of what, 1 billion. So, you know, some people are doing very, very well. And, you know, because they have their, you know, their teeth firmly clamped on the money hose, and it's they're doing very, very well for themselves. Looking back on sort of like where, where we started, right? Like you look at all this and... Is any of the has have any of these shenanigans, this financial engineering, this you know the the layering of of companies in Luxembourg, the selling assets between each other, the you know the the, the balance sheet fuckery, you know, are you paying more for your food because of this debt loading? I I would say probably no, not not that much, not right now, uh, but you know, the workers at ASDA are taking it in the neck. You know, things are not going to get any better in in, in the few next few years. But you know, I I agree. Like cars need to die as a mode of transport. But is any of this any good for like people who just need some petrol and who don't want to be like guided through seven KFCs and, and a Buffalo Grill in order to get to the you know to get to the tills to get you to spend more money? You know, and the reason I wanted to talk about this, the reason I wanted to tell this story, because this is sort of where where we've ended up now. You know, for for really no good reason, for for no recognizable profit to anybody in the real economy or any of the people who buy food at asda or people who simply stack the shelves there all this shell gaming all this pass, pass the parcel playing between these different people has done no good for nobody except for like a really small handful of people like tdr capital only employs like 80 people outright i think if i think that's the numbers but you know speaking of asda like supermarkets are really important they're you know in the shitty capitalism that we have they are a vital link from getting f farms food from the farm processed and then on your plate like getting food to people is i would argue quite an important function of any society um but my question is why should any of this involve like several layers of jersey-based companies and debt swaps with like a, a global uh, uh a petrol station empire and the answer of course because is fuck it you that's why yes because fuck you and because some people need to own several more yachts while the planet is on fucking fire. Um, Blackstone want money. <laughs> or, 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 yeah, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, like, I could hardly blame 
Blackstone for this because this is obviously like a great deal. They get actual physical assets and and a revenue stream out of it. And you know that yeah, I mean I would take that deal if I was Blackstone. Why not? You know, fuck. Can it. I just give Blackstone some money directly for cheaper food? Uh, no, but I think they. He, oh. No, never mind. We are not doing financial advice. Um, so, and my other point is, you know, we started this episode like we started talking about, um, you know, Boris Johnson resigning and Partygate, and then you know the Labour Party doing their thing of saying, oh, you might actually get childcare, or you know, we're going to do something about the fact that there's no rain and the reservoirs are dying and the planet's fucking dying and everything's like really going to shit very very quickly. Is anybody, apart from, you know, like I say, uh, 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 Robert Smith and Kay Wiggins at the Financial Times, is anybody talking about this, which I would argue is the nuts and bolts stuff that's actually that kind of matters, you know, supermarkets and food and petrol and people getting from A to B and all, all that stuff and people working, people's jobs. Is anybody talking about this shit? Like the this, this stuff, you know, they, they Labour talks about... and. The Tories talk about leveling up and building a new economy and making new good jobs and in, you know, ex-industrial towns and towns, 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 towns and Lisa Nandy and the, you know, the green respect plan or whatever the fuck that Labour thing is and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, is it, 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 Are any of them seriously engaged with this or any of them saying this is a good idea or a bad idea? You know, I did notice, by the way, we talked about that ages ago, that uh, P&O Ferries, you remember, they laid off like oh, a whole yeah. bunch of staff last year or two years ago now, um, replaced them with like subcontractors out of the Indian subcontinent. And now all the ferries are on fire all the time. Yeah, P&O is not getting any criminal prosecution for clearly breaking the law. Is anybody talking about this, the stuff that, you know, yeah, it's only one supermarket and 10 billion on the UK GDP isn't a lot, but like, this is the stuff that matters, that matters to people and to their lives. And seriously, like, apart from a yeah, handful of people Rob, and now this Rob, stupid Rob. podcast, nobody's fucking talking about it. Yeah, but Rob, that, you know, you can't actually do anything. Politicians aren't allowed to do anything. I think you've made a, a real error here, a, an absolute foolish stumble by thinking that politicians in the UK are there to actually do something. It's yeah. about anything that matters, really. But, you know, sorry, no, I mean, you can't. It's you know, just but I think, I think genuinely, you know... I, I, it's not a relitigation thing, but I think genuinely one of the reasons that like capital as a class could never allow could never have allowed like even the mild social democracy of a Jeremy Corbyn to succeed, simply because had he succeeded, um, you know, this level of the continued plundering of whatever's left of the UK, as you said, James, like the the stripping out of the copper wiring from the walls of anything that's left, maybe I'm not even saying it wouldn't have passed or it wouldn't have happened, but like maybe there would have been like, you know, some mild stumbling blocks in the way. Like maybe Jam Dad would have said, are you allowed? Genuinely, Rob, I don't think you're entirely wrong on this. And like, you know how they always say, like, no one wants to work anymore. That's like a thing you keep being, you know, beamed into your skull every single day. It's fucking true. Or whatever. Well, this this is a thing, right? It's also, it's true and it's The only part of it I dispute is the anymore. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, but, but, there is a there is a point here it's true and it's projection because if you actually like in a healthy economy you actually have to work like even if you're an owner even if you're like a boss right you actually have to do work you need to cut deals you need to organize you need to manage employees you need to do things that are real I, I and can't just be done with, with spreadsheets. I disagree with all of that 
bosses. Yeah, same. Football, like, <laughs> no, you know right. I mean? Okay, sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight back on this point. Right, there is actual productive work to be done. Otherwise, the Mandragora Corporation wouldn't actually hire. Like, the workers would not hire their own managers. There is a reason to have them. Right, there is some work to be done. Now, that's not to say all managers do work. In fact, the vast majority of managers, as I've said before, are just there to enforce a kind of petty tyranny and to you know, maintain a kind of totalitarian control and prevent worker organizing. But there is actual organizational work to be done. There is direction and decision-making to be done. And it's if you're doing it and doing it right, it's hard work. And none of them want to do that. What they want is they want like a, a cushy spreadsheet job where they you know push some numbers around and make other people suffer so they can get paid. And, you know, a healthy economy where there's actual like competition under the ideal kind of like whether you call it socialist or capitalist kind of construct like there is actual competition and actual work and actual having to be better than your opponent and not getting like bailed out like that has to take place none of them want to do it none of them are interested well yeah correct correcting a previous tweet of yours about the terror group managers <laughs> <laughs> a healthy economy is one where i don't have to work actually that's a healthy yeah. economy but this is my thing. Like they're genuinely, they don't want to actually have to work. They've set up a system where they're all getting paid to basically manage decline, and that's all they're interested in. And so, someone like you know Jeremy Corbyn coming in and proposing the mildest reforms that might scrutinise the worst scams is intolerable because it means that you know they'd actually have to lift a finger. And so, they'd much rather put in a lot of work in the short term to make sure he doesn't get in than have to deal with the whole oh god the gravy train might actually not even derail, but just have a bit of a wobble to it, and we might actually have to pull the thumb out. Fuck them. I mean, yeah, so... It, I don't, you know, it just... It just occurs to me that that this... I know this is this is the way that, that the system has to be, because this is what the people in charge want, but, you know, like, in the meantime, while we're just talking about some, some bullshit, but, you know, like... The planet's genuinely on fire, and I would argue that now and in the near future, you know, as long as we have a capitalism, like, you know, food and food production and food distribution are incredibly important things. And, the, you know, the people in charge of, of that at this level should maybe be under a little bit more scrutiny than just like saying, oh, actually, what if we just sell more shit to each other and then we just run off giggling with the profits to buy yet another yacht? Like it's what you you know yeah, but it, those those yachts those yachts are going to save them when the uh, when the fucking like sea levels rise. Yeah, the oceans are going to be the last part to be on fire. You see, it's just good sense. Yeah. So anyway, that's I that's all I have to talk about for today. Um, it's yeah, I don't have any. I whatever. If there were any conclu conclusions out of this, I've already given them. So you know, start. Uh, I mean, there is there is a serious con conclusion behind all of it. Yes, I and, just gave you it. I mean, that's <laughs> maybe. But the the other part, the other part, and I actually I've realised my brain did the thing again. I meant to say Mondragon Corporation. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's a corporation and federation of worker cooperatives based in the Basque region of Spain. It's basically all. Oh yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, do. I remember reading about that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they they do good work and they are successful and they're able to actually compete and outcompete many times, um, you know, your typical kind of capitalist commands, uh, you know, structures. And, um, you know, they, they, there is <laughs> an alternative here. command economies just popped into my head there. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that sort of stuff has existed, but, you know, they, they, they are a proper cooperative. They work at scale. They work very well. Um, 
we could have that for Asda and for other places, and it would work just as well, if not better. It'd bring down prices too. You know, the capitalist mode of production we're in, this particular decline where it's all monetized, it is unnecessary. We don't we don't have to be like this. Um, and we don't, but the, the annoying thing about it is the existence of the Mondragon Corporation doesn't undermine capitalism. It doesn't destroy it. It's still, they're still working within the capitalist system. So, you know, it's not even socialist. Um, you know, we could do this, but even that kind of very milquetoast kind of change is just unthinkable. So instead, hey, yeah, we just need to deal with, um, you know, selling off all the supply chains uh, and collapsing Asda, I guess, is ultimately where it's headed, right? I mean, you Fuck. know, that that depends on like a whole host of factors, but like I would say it's 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 way more likely now than it was 5 years ago cuz you know, for for reasons that are just stupid, uh they've gotten a bunch more debt that they didn't need. They should sell like flags and fucking Stella and racism and rebrand as Bazda. <laughs> <laughs> One weird trick to salvage your company. Anyway, um, I uh, I think we will uh, turn it over then to a spot of comment or commentaria to round out today's episode. Yeah, it wasn't miserable enough, have, so I'm here to ruin do we, it. Do we have time yeah, we for do. a breaking news update? Uh, oh, it better be good. On... Don't we play the fucking Muppets again? No, it's not the Muppets. Um, so you know how like we started this episode by talking about Boris Johnson going, uh, Trump's just been like he was arraigned today and he apparently they actually arrested him this time. Yeah, um, and he's remanded in custody. Bail. It's incredibly funny. Oh, yeah. Limmy's going to be furious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Limmy's fucked. Like, there's no way around it. He's actually in custody and they're waiting to hear on bail. So. Just uh, checking Limmy's Twitter now. I mean, to be fair, he probably is going to get zero bail set because he's a former president. Um, and even if he does get talking about Limmy for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for President Limmy would be an experience. Coward's not tweeted. Mm, yeah. He's right, brewing something do, up. Uh, shall we move on? Aye. Sure. Let's let's do comment or commentary. Yeah. All right. So, um, where to start? Where to start? Every time a party abandons the centre ground, it makes itself unelectable. We saw that with Labour under Michael Foote and Jeremy Corbyn, and we saw it under Boris Johnson with the Conservatives. What? He got elected! He got elected! He actually got elected! Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Starmer is like a fisherman, sensibly casting his hook into the centre of the river where most of the fish are swimming instead of hogging the left bank, which the purists on the left think is the place to catch the most fish, and who then scratch their heads, wondering why they never win an election. Starmer is charting the right course. He knows that there are centre-right voters, like myself, who find themselves completely disgusted at Boris Johnson's dishonesty and arrogance in believing himself to be above the law, and who are delighted that he has exited the political stage, for now at least. If there is an election anytime soon, I will be voting. Label. Comment or commentary at? I mean, commentary at, obviously. It's like yeah, this whole fistfuls of these cunts around. Uh, commentary at John Rental. <laughs> Not bad shout, actually. Jamie? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I hope they die. <laughs> <laughs> so, commentary then. 
could go either way, quite frankly, at this point. But it, yeah, it why could. Um, comment, Guardian. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Fuck off. Hello, I'm Centre Right, and I read The Guardian. I also got kicked <laughs> in the head by a horse when I was 10. <laughs> you might not like Starmer. I do, but many don't. But you have to admit that he's done serious things. A highly successful... <laughs> I mean, like... A highly... <laughs> this is a pretty serious offence. <laughs> a highly successful legal career, culminating in a spell as Director of Public Prosecutions, pro bono work, There's including major contributions... Pro bono work, including major contributions to the abolition of the death penalty in several countries, writing yeah. well-regarded books on human rights law, involvement with the Northern Ireland peace process and reform of the RUC. All a very long way from the Oxford PPE mafia. Comment and commentary. Don't, don't forget, like, keeping fucking Berlusconi out of prison. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, commentary. Uh, I'm going to go with what Jamie said last round. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to agree with that. Well, let's just assume that's red and you can give me the other answer. Ah. Uh, uh, I don't have a coin. Uh, mm. Commentariat. I'm, I'm just going to yeah, be contra not? contrarian to Alistair for, for no good reason. Uh, so comment. Okay, that was a comment in the Guardian. Yay, I win. <sighs> and we all lose. Today's fashionable disdain for the Industrial Revolution is such <laughs> an irritating <laughs> luxury belief. <laughs> this is Brendan. <laughs> this is, this is uh, Brendan Spiked Online commentary. Oh, I'm sorry that the liberation of humankind from grinding poverty birthed the world in which you spend your every waking hour doom scrolling on your phone in a oh big city oh where no, you have oh no friends. <laughs> you Yet you participate in society. I am very clever. But maybe that's your fault, not the fault of the spinning Jenny. <laughs> the spinning how awful, Jenny. How awful I'm, that I'm the industry... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna burn this cunt's mill to the ground. Fucking hell. How awful that the industrious freeing of humanity from feudal oppression, bondage to the land and early death from entirely curable diseases means you sometimes cough as you walk through a park in a gleaming city whose conveniences and liberties our ancestors could only have dreamed of. Yeah, isn't I'm glad that no more what climate change tension. alarmism really represents? <laughs> oh. Yeah, in, in, a, in a way, in a way, the capitalist class emancipated uh, the common common man from the commons. So ultimately, yeah. who, who's to say whether it's bad or not? I'm so happy I'm not involved in wage labour anymore. That's really good. I'm so free. <laughs> yeah, I'm so free right now. And the, the the enclosures were just gathering up all the children with a big warm blanket. That's that's what I was all about. It was enclosing them in safety. <laughs> a political veneer for the narcissistic frustrations of the upper-middle classes who cannot believe they have to live with the tiny nuisances that spring from yesteryear's revolutionary liberation of the peasantry from slavery and ignorance. <laughs> Canada is burning to the ground as we speak, and it's like minor inconveniences that sprung from the liberation of the people. Yeah, it's only the upper-middle classes who care. Industrial society and its remnants must be smashed beyond repair, said Kaczynski. The factory should be destroyed. <laughs> Technical books burned. He tyrannically insisted. All from the post-social comfort of his Montana cabin. 
now similar <laughs> cries are made by the eco-aware elites from the post-social comfort of their work-from-home apartments, comment or commentary. <laughs> Oh, fucking beautiful, man. I, I am home, you're basically the fucking Unabomber. You disgust me. You don't know, I might be working from a log cabin out in the wilderness. I am changing my Twitter name to Ted Kaczynski's post-social cabin as we speak. <laughs> the sheer luxury that Kaczynski was living in as he railed against technology on his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so comment or commentary? I'm I'm ringing my comically large Brendan O'Neill shaped bell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, that was Brendan. Ah, of course it was fucking Brendan. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, he's so good. Oh, I need a minute, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, it's a, I mean, you know, it. I know everybody just does this shit now. Like, every column in the Telegraph of the Times is just this, but he is yeah. still the master, still unbeatable. Yeah, head that, and shoulders that. above, you might say. <laughs> yeah, no. <it's, laughs> that, that head is full of such dreams. <laughs> oh. Right, one last one to close us off. David Price wrote The President's Book of Secrets. It's quite a dry account of the response of the CIA to the current president and covers all of them since World War II. In it, Price recounts each president's reaction to being informed, often in open memos, what the state of every country in the world is vis-a-vis US interests. All of the presidents up to Trump looked at these memos assiduously and planned accordingly. No, they didn't. Sorry, just brief brief interlude. But for Reagan, they literally uh, the the CIA literally turned them into ten minute videos because he didn't want to read. He just wanted to watch yes. them on the telly. I'm not joking. Rob That's is, actually Rob true. is entirely correct. Yes, I believe it. Um, the point I am getting to is that Trump wasn't interested in this protocol at all. Neither would Johnson be. Neither likes detail or study or future planning except for their own self-aggrandizement. They are two of a kind each undone by the strength of the democracy in which they are necessarily encased. Sometimes oh, a straight wow. jacket is for the best. Comment or commentary at? Fucking Polly Toynbee. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad shout, actually. Um, I commentary. commentary at, though. Yeah, commentary. Yeah, commentary That was a comment in The Guardian. Yes, oh, baby. Fuck off. Fertile grounds this week. Is in the future. Exactly. And you'll be glad to know that's the end of comment or commentary. And therefore, the end of this episode. No, not forever. No. Um, (laughs) Although, on that note, as James did assert last week, uh, uh, the Cultural Committee will continue. um, Because they have... Yeah, I have. I have reluctantly... Uh, watched all of Andor, and I have thoughts on it. So, yes, we will be doing one. Yeah. We shall. Um, So, look forward to that at some point, probably next month. Ideally on a nice, like, cooler day um, so that I can actually get some thoughts out. Yeah, July, that sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Who fuck it? It's fucking June just now and look at it, so who knows what July may bring. Maybe we'll all be dead. 
in the summer months we transition to a roving podcast evening seeking out the nights of coolness so that we can <laughs> pod in peace by our watering hole <laughs> much like the humble silverback gorilla we make a nest every night and then in search of water <laughs> good thing Jamie has to only go to his garden for that right right uh, yeah, so uh, we will fucking end this here um, before I go away and end myself. Uh, you can get bonus episodes, patreon.com forward slash PlaxisCast. You can see us on Twitch, Wednesdays and Thursdays and other occasional days. That is twitch.tv forward slash PlaxisCast. And you can also buy uh, t-shirts, some of them without sleeves, um, yeah. which may be relevant information for you at the moment, which is praxiscast.tml.com. And that's it. I think we don't have any special announcements or anything, so join the Patreon, we'll see you in the Discord, and you can get your bonus episodes there, and we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.